God has spoken, now it's our move. Some powerful words from Eugene Peterson from his book, Eat This Book, in a chapter that is on prayer. Prayer, such a great topic to preach on, one that is a little hard for me to preach on, if I can be quite honest with you. Prayer for me, every time that, not every time, but some of the time whenever I hear a sermon over prayer or read a chapter on prayer or read an article or podcast over prayer, there is a tendency for me to tune it out. And I'm being quite honest with you there. Because what I think is, okay, whenever somebody tells me, you know, just pray about it, or I go to them with a problem or an issue, and they say, oh, just just pray about it. And I'm like, I know, I know that I need to just pray about it. What else do you got for me? And I know that some of you, when you hear a sermon over prayer, you might be thinking, Lane, we we know what you're about to say, right? Uh, We need to pray this often. We need to pray this type of prayer. We need to pray this much. We need to pray bigger prayers. Lane, we know what you're going to say. I'm going to ask that we do not tune out this morning. Because what we're going to read, what we're going to cover this morning in Colossians 4 gave me a new perspective on prayer. Now, when I think about prayer, I think of two very important women in my life, my grandmothers, Hazan Luttrell and Deanna Beecham. There they are on the screen. That's uh, Hazan and her husband Bill. My grandfather were playing 42 dominoes, and I'm pretty sure she just wiped the floor with us that night. And then my grandfather B and my grandmother Nanny with us in Colorado. What a great week that was. They are both prayer warriors. I mean, there's no one I know that prays more intentionally, more often, more carefully than my grandmothers. So when I thought about prayer, I couldn't help but think about them. And actually, what we're going to look at later on in this sermon is a couple of their prayers. As I interviewed them this week, and I encourage you, kids or teens or in your, if you're in your 20s or 30s, Interview your parents, interview your grandparents to get their thoughts and their story. You're really going to want to treasure what they have to say. And I wish that I could share with you their whole interview, but we have lunches to get to and food to eat, so I won't do that. But I loved what they had to say. Hey, Zan, my grandmother that's on my dad's side, she prays every single morning and really throughout the day, for all 36 members of that side of the family. That's kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, 36 people. She prays for them by name and need. That's not including her friends that come to her with specific needs. By name and by need, she prays for them, for us, every single morning. My grandmother, Nanny, she journals her prayers. So she told me that she writes the name of the person, their specific need or specific request, and she journals their their prayers, and she's able to look back at her prayers and say, 
what we thought was a really tough time actually turned out to be a huge blessing. Prayer is essential. Prayer is so important to our lives. And daily prayer is is the greatest conversation piece that we can have with God. So prayer is what we're going to cover, and that's what Paul tells the Colossians. In Colossians 4, as we've been in reality check, looking through each chapter of Colossians. So here's what what Paul has to say to start off chapter 4. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of your time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. These are Paul's words in Colossians 4, and I really want to hone in and focus on that just that first verse, verse 2, where Paul lays out three verses for the Colossians, or three kinds of prayers for the Colossians in just one verse. He says, pray steadfast prayers. These are prayers that are fervent, that are persistent. These are the prayers that never stop to God. And then he says, pray watchful prayers. Watch out for those who are going to cut in on you. Watch out for the temptations in your life. Watch out for the pitfalls that you can fall into. He says, pray prayers of thanksgiving. Even when times are tough, and when you feel like you might not have anything to be thankful for, be thankful for Jesus Christ. Steadfast, watchful, and thankful prayers open up a door for God's Word. I like this quote from John Piper, who the author of Desiring God, had these, these words to say, on Colossians 4, he says, the human key that might unlock the blessing of God's power and grace in that service is steadfast, watchful, thankful prayer. If we pray steadfastly this week with wakefulness and expectant thankfulness, this text gives us strong hope that God will open a door for the Word. This text gives us strong hope that God's word will speak in our life. You remember that, that first quote that we looked at in week one of Reality Check from the Bible Project that told us that Jesus is the key to understanding all of reality. Jesus is the key to understanding who we are, where we are, how we are supposed to act, But now the human key is prayer. God has spoken. Now it's our move. What we are to do is to be in constant conversation with God in prayer. 
Prayer is our key to unlocking the door for God's word to speak. And the problem is, the problem that we run into is that we can get in our own way. We can get in our own way and we cloud our reality with Jesus. As I mentioned last week, this is sort of the the culmination of all the weeks that we have been in throughout Reality Check, looking at what clouds our reality with Jesus. And in week one, we looked at anxiety, how our anxiety clouds our reality with Jesus, but the reality check that we need is that the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, gives us hope that gets rid of our anxiety. And then in week two, we took a deep dive into our past and how it is the powerful work of the cross that triumphs over our past. And then last week, we observed the lies that we can buy into, the lies that we can live by and believe in. But the truth of the cross is that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of a creator who loves us. And it is that love that destroys the lies. But when it all comes to a head, we can really get in our own way of a reality with Jesus. We can stumble and fall. We can put all of it on our shoulders. And what I've learned throughout this series from start to today, what I have learned is to just simply get out of the way. Let the cross do its job. Let the cross heal you. Let the cross save you. Let the cross love you. Let Jesus want you. Let Jesus in. Simply ride the train. Follow Jesus Christ. Fan the flame. Let the cross do its job. Let the word of God speak in your life. Just listen. Take it in. Take Jesus at his word. Simply get out of the way and let the cross do its job because Jesus walked before us so we may go behind him. All the storms that rage, all the waves that crash, all the terrible moments in our life, Jesus went before us on the cross to take the blow. All we are to do is simply walk in his path. Get out of the way and let the cross do its job. That's what I believe Paul is telling the Colossians here. He's saying that that you know what Jesus has done for you. You know what the cross means. You know what the gospel message that you have heard is. You know God's promises that he keeps every single day. You know that Jesus has has mercies that are new every single morning for you. Now it's your job to simply pray. Be in conversation with God. He has spoken. Now it's our move. Do not get in your own way. Let the cross do its job and just follow Jesus. The reality check that we need to hear is that prayer opens up the door for God's word to speak. Prayer opens that door up. That's the new perspective that I got on prayer. 
Prayer opens the door for God's word to speak, and we need God's word declared in our life. There are so many, so many things that we can, can read and talk about that are, that are not God's word. So many, so many ways that we treat our neighbor that is, that is just not God's word. There are times where we do not walk in wisdom towards others. Where we do not make the best use of our time. Where our speech is not always gracious. We need God's word declared. I'm going to read off some questions for you. And, and whenever I ask these questions, this, just internally ask yourself, okay, how, how is my prayer life? Am I really praying steadfast, watchful, and thankful prayers? Am I, am I really going to God with these questions? How's your home life? How's your, how's your prayer life, right? How's, how's your work ethic? Is it too much? Is it not enough? What about your, your prayer ethic? Have you been desiring a conversation with God and a relationship with God? What is really tempting you, really pulling you toward it that you just need to get on your knees and pray to God about? When was the last time you did that? Are you actively pursuing God's word and actively listening for God's word to speak in your life? Are you praying for God's word to speak in another's life? Are you praying for God to speak in your, your spouse's wife, your child's life? What about the person who hurt you? Are you praying for God's word to speak into their life? What about, what about the person that is a different political party than you? Maybe on the complete opposite side of the aisle. Are you praying for God's word to speak into Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Donald Trump and Melania. Are you praying for God's word to constantly be clear to you so that you may take it in that it fills your lungs that it's what you breathe out that it's what pumps your veins runs through your veins see we can't want god to reign in our lives and not pray for god to reign in someone else's it's not how it works we need the word of god to be declared in our lives we need to open the door for God's word to speak and walk through to a reality with Jesus. And a reality with Jesus is God's word speaking and us moving. So what I would like to do now is I would like to give us a grandmother's guide to prayer. You remember I mentioned... Hazan Luttrell and Deanna Beecham earlier in the service, I would like to present to you a grandmother's guide to prayer that's co-authored 
by those two beautiful and lovely ladies. I know they're watching. Thank you for letting me use your quotes here in a minute. What we're going to learn from a grandmother's guide to prayer is what prayer does. Prayer, it's not just giving our petition to God, and it's not just checking a box saying, okay, I pray today, I'm, I'm good. What prayer does is it points to the perfecter, Prayer looks at the person, and prayer pursues a purpose. So prayer points to the perfecter. What what that means is Hebrews 12 tells us that Jesus Christ is the perfecter of our faith. And so what prayer does is it points our life to the perfecter, to Jesus Christ. Every move that we make, everything that we say is pointed and directed towards Jesus Christ. And then what prayer does is it looks at the person, looks deeply inside of ourselves, saying, okay, I've got to hand this over to God. And if we're praying for somebody, this prayer looks at that person and presents them to God. And then prayer pursues a purpose. It's, it's, there's a lot more that goes into prayer. Prayer pursues the purpose of just having a relationship with God because the beauty of prayer, the beauty of prayer is that no other God that has ever been made up or been in this world has wanted to conversate and have a relationship with their subjects. But our God, Yahweh, wants a relationship with his creation. That's the beauty of prayer, and prayer pursues a purpose. And so I interviewed my grandmothers this week and to get their perspective on steadfast, watchful, and thankful prayer. And again, I wish that I could just give you every single quote they had. They are so wise, but I just have a few here. And so whenever it comes to steadfast prayer, these are fervent prayers, persistent prayers. And here's, here's what uh, my grandmother uh, said about what fervent prayer does. She said that prayer keeps you in connection with God and Jesus, keeps you in close connection with your family and friends, because even when you're not here physically, you are right next to me while I'm praying. I love that. That even though Jesus is not here physically, he's right next to us whenever we're praying. And I'm not a grandparent, but aren't the grandparents in here just, they want their grandkids right next to them all the time. That's at least what I get from my grandparents. And when I asked her about what fervent prayer means, she says, we pray fervently that our children teach our grandchildren about Jesus Christ. Each of our grandkids have been taught Jesus Christ that no one is perfect, only Jesus is perfect. He made the perfect sacrifice for our sins. We do not have to dwell on the sin, we can dwell on the sacrifice. We can wake up every day feeling refreshed and renewed. I mean, how beautiful is that, that we don't have to dwell on the sin anymore, but we can dwell on the sacrifice because of our perfecter, because he is perfect. And that's fervent steadfast prayer points to the perfecter watchful prayer this is this is a good one this takes an inward look at us and my grandmother nanny she journals her prayers and so here's what she has to say about doing a prayer journal 
She says that when I went back and casually looked through that list, I was amazed at the answers to prayers. The blessings I had received, even from some of my darkest hours. You see, she's able to look back at the names and at the tough times that she had. And she's able to say that God said no to me. God's plan was different than my plan, and I really loved my plan. But God's plan was different, and it turned out to be the greatest blessing for me. Watchful prayer takes a look back and realizes that God had, the, had it planned all along. And it is a blessing that I trust in his plan instead of mine. And maybe for you in here, your darkest hour is very recent. Or you might be in it. Your darkest hour is happening right now of just, just heartbreak or sickness. What prayer does is it lets us know and it reminds us that God is still fighting for us. He is still on our side. He still wants a relationship with us. We are able to walk through it and let the cross do its job even during our darkest hours. Thankful prayer. This is a great one too because when we feel like we don't have anything to be thankful for, we can still be thankful for Jesus Christ. And these, these aren't on the screen. I, just, I wanted to read them to you. But I asked my grandmothers, what is your daily prayer? Like, like what do you pray every single day? And both of them prayed prayers of thanks. And here's Hazan's. She says, thank you, Lord, for the health we are enjoying today. Thank you we can be in this house together. We pray, Lord, that we will be in this house together for the rest of our days. I love how she says, thank you for the health we are receiving today. And she told me, she said, I don't know what it's going to be tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but thank you for this breath today. And here's, here's Nanny. She kind of breaks it down into what she prays for every day. She says, for B, my grandfather, and my health, body, mind, and wisdom, specific prayers for family members, healing for people who have asked for prayer, Nanny's casa, and a couple of special situations. Thank you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Nanny's casa is is a, a missionary project that Nanny has in Honduras, and it is just doing wonders. It is just doing great things. And she prays every single day. She does not end her prayer without saying, thank you, I love you. These are two great, wonderful women in my life, so I thank you for letting me share their prayers. Thank you for letting me uh, share your prayers, Nanny and Hazan. Um, if you want a copy of a grandmother's guide to prayer, you can just Venmo me or send me about $100 cash. That would be great. I'll take care of it. That's fine. Maybe one day these will hit the shelf. Maybe one day they'll hit the shelf. Steadfast, watchful, and thankful prayer opens the door for God's Word to speak. Another quick story. 
Brandon Manning wrote a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel, and it's my mother's favorite book. book. My mother's favorite book. And he tells a story of a, of a rabbi who is on his deathbed, and he's with sort of this, this man that he's been mentoring almost his whole life. And he's on his deathbed, and he, he says, I never once asked God for wisdom or strength or courage even. The only thing I asked God for was wonder. And he gave it to me. What Hazan and Nanny told me, and what that rabbi just said, was that daily prayers help us see what God is doing come into fruition. That's why we need steadfast, watchful, and thankful prayers. And I encourage us to just pray for wonder. Pray that you will see God move. Pray that you will see the beauty in just having a breath this morning. Just pray for wonder. I encourage you to pray for someone new this week and ask somebody new to pray for you. Because what that does, when you ask somebody to pray for you, is it gets that person praying. It's a little secret. It gets that person praying as well. And it gives you the confidence and knowledge of knowing that somebody's praying for you. And the honest truth is that if Paul is asking for prayer, we need to ask for prayer as well, right? I need to ask for prayer. So I ask that you pray for me. I ask that you pray for Western Hills. I ask that, that you pray steadfast, watchful, and thankful prayers that open the door for God's word to speak into our lives daily that we can just get out of the way and let the cross do its job may you walk in wisdom toward others making the best use of your time let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person god has spoken now it's our move